0: Hello, Real Life family and friends. Happy New Year to all of you. It's a new year, it's a new beginning, and uh, it's always great to have a fresh start, isn't it? As we enter into this new year, I wanted to start with a series on something I think is just so important for all of us, and it's on relationships. Uh, You know, relationships are the source of our greatest joys in life, but they're also the source of our greatest pain, our deepest pain, and uh, when a relationship is good, it's the, the most beautiful thing that we experience. But when it's toxic, when it's going bad, uh, it, it just handicaps us in so many ways, and it hurts us in so, so many profound ways. And so as we start this new year, uh, I want to start this series called Home Improvement Relationship Edition, okay? And what better way to start out the new year than to seek to improve the quality of the relationships that we have In our lives together. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at tools that God has given us in order to use so we can have healthy relationships. You know, um, when I think about the scriptures and Jesus was asked, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he answered by saying, well, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. All your mind, all your strength, all all that you are is to give, give God your love, your worship, your affection. And then he said, and the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, all of the commands hang on these two commandments. In other words, all of the commands of God, the entire thrust of God's instructions to us on how to live life is based on relationships having a relationship with God, and having a loving relationship with one another. So if all of the commands of the Bible are about how we are to relate to Him and relate to one another in love, then this is a pretty foundational topic that we're talking about. And it really affects uh, the quality of our lives together. So let's talk about that, and I'm excited to be able to go through each week a different tool that God has given us that if we use this tool and we put it into practice, it will literally help strengthen our relationships and give us healthier relationships. I love tools. I love to work on projects. I like to build things. And, uh, but what I really am interested in is being around someone else who knows more than I know, who can show me how to use the tools that I have. Uh, There's so many amazing tools, and when you have a tool, that tool has a specific job. But if you don't know that you have that tool or you don't know how to use the tool, you don't get a benefit from it. So we're going to spend some time talking about the relationship tools that God has given us. But before we do that, today's message, we're going to focus on our foundation, our foundation of relationships. Because just like in building, if the foundation is weak or if it's built wrong, then it's going to compromise what you build on top of that foundation. And it will eventually collapse or won't last or be a a, a pile of rubble. And our relationships can be like that too. If the foundation of our relationship is on the wrong foundation, it just won't work. It won't last. It will cause more trouble and it will collapse. But if the foundation is built right, if it's the right foundation, if it's built strong, then what you build on that will last and it will And it will work. And that's what we want to do with our relationships. We want to make sure that our relationships are built on the right foundation. So there's two different foundations I want to propose to you. And this is very similar to things I've been talking about lately anyway. But it's basically the foundation of self versus the foundation of spirit. And when we are talking about self, I'm talking about our natural, sinful, self-centered nature. We are so driven in our sinful nature to take care of ourselves. And this is a self-centered lifestyle. Now, this is going to have a direct impact on the quality of relationships we have because if we are in relationships with other people and our core foundational motive is the pleasure of oneself, then that relationship is going to be toxic. It's going to be full of manipulation and power grabs and keeping score. And it's gonna be a relationship in which we are just sucking from the other people around us what we want, what we need, what we think that is best for us. And that's the opposite of a healthy relationship. The, the opposite is a spirit-led lifestyle where the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is at the core of that relationship And when Jesus is at the center of that relationship, then it's a giving relationship. It's not a taking, okay? So let's just kind of look at these two things very quickly as we talk about this, because this is the key, uh, this is the foundation to the quality of relationships we're going to have. And whichever foundation you have built your relationships on is going to reflect, be reflective in the types of relationships you have right now. So, first of all, this is a self-centered lifestyle. This is a spirit-led lifestyle. The main focus of our self is happiness, okay? The self wants to be pleased. It's self-pleasure. It's seeking happiness. It's gaining happiness. But the main motive of a spirit-led life, the Spirit of God, is to give love, This is to gain happiness, but the Spirit is to give love. They are opposites. Um, Happiness, in terms of the kingdom of self or the self-centered lifestyle, is based on the outside circumstances, aligning themselves with the, the will of self, right? So we get happy when we get everything else out there the way that we want it. That's happiness, right? But over here, the Spirit is looking to live from a a place of love and abundance, and it's not focused on happiness, it's focused on giving that love and meeting the needs of others around us. And so the source of happiness here is external circumstances. But the source of happiness, if you will, here is really God himself, that God becomes Uh, the meter of all of our needs. He becomes our source of our happiness and of our joy. He fills us to overflowing. And so this becomes a lifestyle of overflowing, and this becomes a lifestyle of always trying to get more, striving and seeking from a place of lack, right? The leader of this here in terms of self is me. I'm the leader, right? But the leader of a spirit-led life is the spirit or Jesus. And the object of love in this self-centered life, the object of love is me. I'm loving myself and I want everyone else to love me and I want everyone else to do what I want to be done because I'm trying to, you know, please myself. But the object of love here in a spirit-led life is other people. Do you see how that's opposite? So, if you build your relationships on the foundation of a spirit-led life, You will be loving, you will be overflowing, you will be giving and uh, your your source of contentment and happiness comes from God, not from what you're trying to get from another person. But if you're living in this idea of your paradigm of life and it's a self-centered lifestyle, then your relationships are, you're always trying to get from somebody else, from a place of lack. You're not giving, you're trying to get. And you're trying to manipulate and control and get everything outside to, to somehow fill your, the void that's inside of you to make you happy. And you can see how this would not work in relationships long term. You can see where this becomes a, a power struggle, um, a keeping of score, um, you know, the opposite of what we see that really works. But when you have two people giving and overflowing and choosing to love Um, not just trying to get or gain or suck from the other person, then you have a vibrant relationship. And that's kind of relationships that God wants us to have with himself and with one another. And so someone needs to be Jesus in your relationships. And the best relationships on planet Earth are when two people are living a spirit-filled, spirit-led lifestyle of relying on God as their source and overflowing from what God is doing in us to those around us. This isn't just for marriage, but it definitely applies to our marriage relationships. But this also applies to all of our relationships, our friendships, our family relationships, uh, just any relationships that we have. We can see people through the eyes of God, or we can see what we want to get out of them through the eyes of self and and so in a marriage I've often said to people that I've counseled for marriage is that the whole reason that this will work is if you rely on the source of love that's coming from God overflowing in your heart meeting your needs and then you overflow that to the other person but when we look to one another to get what only God can give us then we are both kind of pulling from each other not giving to each other And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I want to talk about this kind of realm of self, just kind of. Let's just think about that for a few minutes. okay? because we are all tainted by this perspective and there's a battle that we are we are uh, in all the time. I'm in this battle all the time of trying to keep myself or get myself over into this foundational way of looking at life being trying to be spirit led, not self-driven, right? I'm constantly trying to reorientate myself to the spirit life. But it's because we are sinners and we we came from a, a fallen nature and our ego, our self-identity is so strong in us that the Bible is constantly Uh, telling us to consider ourselves dead to self or dead to sin and alive to God in the spirit, to give control to God, not to take control ourselves, right? And so here's just some things to think about. In the realm of the self-life, it's really about our physical bodies and our souls. When we have our bodies, when we talk about that, we have five senses, right? To smell, to hear, to taste, to see, to touch. And we are constantly adjusting these senses around us um, to find happiness and comfort and pleasure. So a degree of happiness is found when we're able to manipulate these senses around us to our liking. Uh, you know, we are always adjusting the temperature, adjust- adjusting the volume of the radio, um, always adjusting our clothing, adjusting where we are, what we're smelling, what we're tasting. And we're, always try- we're just in a constant state of trying to find happiness, trying to find comfort with our five senses, right? In our taste, we find happiness in our favorite meal or restaurant. And we have our favorite comfort snacks and foods and drinks that bring us pleasure. In, our- in terms of hearing, we have our own style of music that brings us pleasure and stirs up happy emotions in us. Uh, we have people that we like to listen to, YouTuber, YouTubers and influencers and things we like to watch that we, we have a certain taste there in terms of our hearing, what we like to hear and listen to. Smelling, we have our favorite smells, aromas, whether it's food or whether it's cologne or perfume or deodorant. We, we, uh, we are filled with just different aromas all the time and we have certain ones that we like. And of course, what we see. We have our favorite colors, textures, designs, lighting, architecture, shapes that uniquely satisfy us. That's why there's so many different clothing styles and lots of different fabrics and shades and colors. And then, of course, touch, from uh, holding hands to hugging to intimacy. Touch is a powerful source of pleasure in terms of our body, right? So this physical world that we live in, we are constantly being um, attentive to these different senses, and it just makes us self-centered. It just, it just is a constant uh, self-awareness that we are living in, right? And this bleeds over into um, our interactions with people all the time. Not only do we have these senses, but we also have a soul, and our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, So we have our minds, we have our thoughts, we have our opinions, Uh, we have our beliefs, and uh, we have very strong uh, thinking patterns that we operate with. It's it's the way that we look at the world, the glasses that we put on and that we interpret events in our world based on what we think and what we believe in our opinions. And we want people to agree with us (laughs) because, you know, we have this self-identity, this ego. And we believe that we're right and we have a will and our will we want everybody else to comply to our will and when things aren't uh, according according to our will then we can get frustrated we can get angry we can become impatient uh, we can be controlling or manipulative to try to change it so that it is fitting what our will wants because we have an ego we have a will right And we have emotions, and we have feelings, and we want people to agree with our feelings. We want people to validate our feelings, and we want people to feel the same way that we feel. So now, this is just the nature of the life that we're living. We are in this uh, sensory existence with these five senses. We have this will. We have this mind. We have these emotions, and all of this uh, is a a constant um, drawing attention to Ourself, ourself, what we want. And when we get all of these things the way we want them, we find something called happiness. (laughs) But it's it's fleeting. As soon as we get it, it escapes us, right? As soon as we get everything the way we want it, the, the, the problem is those circumstances, they don't stay permanent, they change. And as soon as they change, then we are grasping to readjust things so that we're happy again. And it's a never-ending chase of happiness for the self-centered lifestyle. And yet, there is such a greater way to live life. We can, we, it's not that these things aren't important and uh, they can't be good, but there's something so much greater, and that is the spirit-led life. It's a life where we are not focused on self, but we are filled with the love of God and the spirit of God, and we begin to live with a higher purpose than just personal satisfaction and personal pleasure. And that purpose begins to be in alignment with God's purpose, which is to love. And we begin to love people. The self-life is all about ego. It's all about I'm right, I'm the center of the universe, and it strives for personal pleasure. It's constantly trying to you know, manipulate all the exterior circumstances to, to align itself with the self-will. And yet, that doesn't work well in relationships. And what I found over my own lifetime and, you know, just talking with a lot of people, doing counseling with people and talking about this topic quite a bit, is that it's our self-ego, it's our pride and our self-centeredness that's the core of all of our conflicts in relationships. It's like uh, we're battling, you know, one another to get what we want or to get the other person to believe the way that we believe, or to think the way that we think. And so we have this constant struggle because we have two different egos, two different wills, two different opinions, two different wants or desires or patterns. And yet, God's calling us to love one another. Not just to be loved, but to love one another. And we can't do that without God's help so that's my challenge to you today is to consider switching and focusing your foundation on a spirit-led life instead of a self-centered life a self-centered life is gonna is gonna cause your relationships to never reach their full potential Um, there's going to be constant friction and constant struggle but in a spirit-filled life uh, when we are focused on giving And overflowing to one another um, that creates a reciprocal reaction that builds both people up in love and that's what we want and that's when our relationships really begin to take off so whatever paradigm you are living out of is the reason for the types of relationships you have right now so when you look at the relationships you have right now you know what is the fruit of the way that you've been doing things Um, And if it's good fruit, then it's most likely that you are flowing and giving and, you know, loving other people out of the overflow that God has put in your heart. But if your relationships are filled with chaos, brokenness, uh, you know, hurt, uh, lack, it's probably because um, you've been living out of a self-centered, you know, paradigm. And that's what you get when you do that. And that's what two people get when both people are doing it. It just doesn't work. So the quality of your relationships have to do with whether you're taking, which is self, or giving, which is the spirit. Are you focused on your wants and your needs and what the other people aren't doing or should be doing for you and for your needs and for your wants? Is that your focus? That's self. Or are you focused on loving and giving and lifting up and supporting the people around you. That's more of a spirit led uh, paradigm. And so, to improve your relationships, the best thing you can do is to improve your relationship with God, is to discover who you are in God, how much He loves you, to be filled with His love, to be filled with His power, with His Spirit, to know who you are in God and Christ. Uh, to give to God your hurts, your insecurities, your fears. Let God heal you of all of those things so that you are healed and you are whole and you find your needs being met in God. That's the best thing that you can do to improve the relationships around you because when you begin to be filled with God, then you begin to be able to overflow that which God has put inside of you. And when you begin to love like God loves you, it begins to heal the people around you, lift the people around you, and it begins to bring that relationship uh, to a healthier place. We can't change one another. I mean, it's hard enough trying to change ourselves, isn't it? But we can't change other people. But what you can do is allow God to change you. You can allow God to heal you. You can allow God to be your source uh, of life and joy and love and belonging and purpose and meaning. And when God begins to do that in you, it does change the environment around you because you're changed, because you're different. And now people will begin to see different you know interactions going on with you, and that begins to impact the relationships around you as well. It all starts with our relationship with God. So I want to just encourage you with a couple of scriptures before I finish this introduction message, okay? John 7, 37 and 38. Jesus is talking, and he says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Now, what Jesus is saying is we all have needs, and we are very aware of our needs. We all need to be loved. We all want to be accepted. We all want to have someone loving us, taking care of us, making us feel good. I mean, we all have those needs, right? But Jesus, if you're thirsty, if you have needs, he says, come to me. If you come to God and you find God as your source, he says that he will fill you, if you drink of him, that he will fill you so much so that rivers of living water will flow from within you. And he's referring to the spirit of God. And Jesus says that he came to give us abundant life, right? So our life comes from him. And the more you know God and love God and connect with God and you allow his spirit to fill you, the more life you're going to have. It's so ironic that we look in these relationships with each other to try to get what each of us can't give the other person we can only get from God. So relationships were never meant for us to get from one another what we need. They are always meant to be an overflow to one another of what we've received from God. That's the key. If you can flip that thinking around in your head instead of looking at the people around you and saying, well, they're not doing this for me. They don't do that for me. She doesn't. He doesn't. They need to. I expect them to and we're looking for people to do things for us or to give us our needs, Okay, we need to flip that around, and we need to see that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want that God is our supplier of all of our needs, emotional, uh, spiritual, physical. He is the one who is our source of life, and we find everything we need in Him and through Him. Okay, and that then becomes an overflow, and we see our relationships different. Instead of trying to suck out of one another, we begin to be a source of love and giving and flowing over to them. And then they begin to do that for us as well, right? So, my message today is you cannot give what you do not have. And you need love. You need love, and I need love, and we crave that from people. But we can't get that from people. Not the kind of love that you and I need. The love that we need, we can only get from God. And you can't give that kind of love to people if you don't have it. It's not human love that people need. It is God's love that people needs, right? And so we can't give what we don't have. And so a lot of times we're frustrated because we're trying to to have these relationships with each other. It's just not there. It's because we need to tap into God. But once we are tapped into God, now what we have, we can give. And we can love the way God has loved us. Only if we're receiving that from Him. But the problem is that we do give what we do have. And what we have, usually, is a, just a mess of broken patterns from our upbringing, from our hurts, from our insecurities, from our opinions, Uh, from our ego, from our pride. And so what we do give away is the stuff that that sometimes is broken or tainted or twisted or self-centered, right? And so what we need to do is we need to replace those old patterns that we have, uh, you know, we've just acquired through life, through our upbringing or through our own experiences in this world. We need to exchange those broken patterns for God's healthy patterns, and that's what this series is all about. We're gonna look at the tools that God has given us to have healthy, good, vibrant, you know, mutual relationships with one another, but as we do that, we're gonna look at the opposite of what those good things are that perhaps we need to get rid of some bad things. And we're gonna be doing that each week over the next couple weeks, but let me finish this message by giving you a little bit more encouragement to tap into God. Right, 1 John 4.16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We know and we rely on the love that God has for us. This is our lifestyle. To know and rely on the love that God has for us. To find all of our needs met in our relationship with God. To have such an intimacy with God, to have such a fellowship with God, that we are constantly drinking of Him. Being filled, letting our fears drain away, letting our, our minds be transformed, being filled with His comfort, His presence, His security. And being just filled, let our souls be satisfied in God. And as that happens, we know and we rely on the love of God. As that happens, now we become a vessel that can love other people. That's when it's beautiful. That's how God designed us to be. The the verse goes on to say, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And later it says we love because he first loved us. Again, we can't give what we don't have. But if we are experiencing the love of God, if we are developing that walk with God in such a vibrant way that he becomes the center, he becomes the foundation of our lives and we rely on his love, we know his love, we experience his love and we rely on his love, then we are going to have beautiful relationships around us because we're going to be overflowing that love to other people ephesians chapter 3 it's a prayer i prayed a couple weeks ago says this i pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being you need the power of god in the inner being of who you are so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, you need to be rooted and established in God's love. That if you do that, may, you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love which surpasses knowledge. If that happens, the Bible goes on to say that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. If you are filled with the fullness of God, you are going to overflow that fullness of God to others. And it's all about knowing and relying on the love of God for you. This is Paul's prayer. This is my prayer for you. It's my prayer for myself. That I will constantly be filled with God's love to the full measure so that I am experiencing a fullness of life and I overflow to those around me. I don't want to be filled with my opinions. I don't want to be filled with self-love. I don't want to be filled with, you know, uh, a pursuit of self-pleasure or broken patterns in my life. I don't want to be filled with pride or hurt or pain or jealousy. I want to be filled with the love of God. Because if I'm filled with the love of God, I'm going to have healthy relationships around me. If I'm filled with my own hurt, my own insecurities, my own pain, if I'm filled with a lack, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron. If I'm filled with lack, I am going to be sucking out of the people around me the things that they can't give me, and I'll never be satisfied, and I'll just ruin the relationships around me. But if I'm filled with God, filled with His love, I'll be overflowing. I want to... finish with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's sometimes referred to as the love chapter. This is the kind of love that we want to have in our lives. The Bible says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if I have great spiritual gifts, but I don't have love, I'm just banging on a trash can. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's pointless. It's pointless. It's just noise goes on to say, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. In other words, if I had great spiritual wisdom and I knew all this scripture and I was super smart spiritually, but it says, but I don't have love. And it goes on to say, if I have the gift of prophecy and all that, and if I have a faith that can move mountains and I can do these great miracles, but do not have love. The Bible says, I'm nothing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I am this great spiritual person. I get all the spiritual knowledge, I have all the spiritual wisdom, I see all these great miracles, but I am not motivated by love. I am not filled with love. I'm not doing these things out of love. I'm just doing these amazing things for myself. It's like I'm nothing. It says, if I give all I possess to the poor and actually surrender my body to hardship, surrender my life, that I might boast and I do this great sacrifice, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Do we see the importance of love? We we need to see the importance of love. This is the key to the kingdom of God. And then it goes on to say what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You see, love is action. And the action of love is giving oneself away. Love is practical. These are all actions. These are all decisions. These are all attitudes that God is describing. Love is embodied in God himself and to do this kind of action, to love this kind of way. We cannot do this in our flesh, but we can do this through the love of God filling our hearts. And that's what God has designed us to be, is a conduit of his love to one another. Love is the key ingredient to life. Love is what makes the impact in people's lives. Life is not about trophies and accomplishments it's about who you love. It's about impacting people with love. That's what life is all about. And so trophies are temporary, but love has an eternal impact. So as we go into this series and as we're going into this new year, i want to challenge you to learn and put into practice the tools God has for us so we can have healthy relationships. I'm gonna just say, healthy relationships, are possible but it's hard work and it starts with the foundation of shifting from a self-centered lifestyle to a spirit-filled spirit-led life of love that's where we got to begin and starting next week we're going to be looking at the tools that we can build on this foundation but we got to get the foundation right so my prayer for you is that you begin to look at yourself more Um, as Jesus would want you to, and to see yourself as Jesus in the relationships you're around. Ask yourself, am I contributing to the people around me? Am I giving? Am I loving? Am I serving? Am I looking to um, give my life away? Because that's what love is. Am I doing that as God leads me? Or are my relationships all about me? What I want, what I get out of it. And if it is, we need to make a shift because our relationships can't be healthy until we shift it, right, to a spirit-led, love-giving, overflowing uh, paradigm. And so today, I just want to pray for you and for the relationships that are strained in your life right now or broken or hurting. I want to pray that in these next couple of weeks, as we begin to talk about this, that God just, uh, just does a new work in your life, a new work in your heart, And begins to restore and repair and make healthy these relationships in your life so let's just pray together God we just come to you and pray Lord for your help in the relationships that we have none of us are perfect God we know that we've all made mistakes but God we pray that you help us learn how to have healthy relationships and Lord we pray for the hurts of the past For any uh, strained relationships we have right now, God, that you would lead us in a process of reconciliation, of restoration, of healing, so that we can reconnect and and have better relationships, especially those relationships in our marriage, in our homes, uh, with friends. God, we pray that you just help us to be able to walk out your wisdom and your grace in Jesus' name. Today, Lord, we give ourselves to you. We know that we need you at the center of our lives. Today, Jesus, for those who are listening and watching and wanting to make you the Lord of their lives, we just pray this prayer together. Jesus, that you would become my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you, and I thank you that you died for me to be forgiven and to have life to the full in you. God, help me, change me, transform me so that I can enjoy this life that you've called me to live and that you will... Do a new work inside of me. You'll shift me from a self-centered lifestyle to a spirit-led lifestyle of love. I'm all yours, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I want to pray a blessing on you, and I just want to challenge you to begin to look for ways to start to love the people around you as Jesus has loved you, to tap into God as your source of joy, your source of all of your needs and trust in him or align in him, grow in him so that you can be an overflowing agent of that love to those around you. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you in Jesus' name. May this be a great year of growth and of health and of joy for you and your family. May God bless you indeed in Jesus' name. Amen.